What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast, Episode 2. I'm with uh, my host, Paul Cavera, and What's our up? producer, Al. Hey. And uh, we're going to have a special guest today later on in the show, just letting you guys know. I think that'll be an interesting one. Uh, but we're going to get right into it like we always do on the Rush Hour Pod. Let's talk some Knicks. Paul, take it away. New York Knicks, man. Three in a row from uh, we're filming on yes, Tuesday the 16th. Three in a row. You know, Julius Randle kind of carried the squad last night. 44. It was pretty sick to watch. I mean, I think I've been – this is the most excited I've been to watch the Knicks in a long time. So, uh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun watching the Knicks. I know a lot of Knicks fans are excited about this team. And I've actually uh, heard multiple rumors that the Knicks could go out, be big buyers at the deadline. John, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really for a big buy. I think if, if there's a right guy, if there's a right trade, I don't want to give away any of the young talent we have. As stupid as it sounds, I think last night uh, when we saw the team surrounding Julius Randle, uh, promoting him for the All-Star game, I think it just goes to show the culture of the team. And I don't want to give much of that up. Even the, the guy like Theo Pinson who plays about two minutes uh, maybe in the whole season, uh, he's a guy that maybe helps the bench. So I really – I love this team. I really don't want to Theo give Pinson, up. Theo Pinson's a vocal guy on the exactly. bench. You always see him. After every shot, Hands he's up. up. He's yeah. standing up. He's talking to everybody. He's he, You know, he's our bench guy. He's the, yeah. he's the unit. But I, I think you know, it also has to be talked about with uh, with Derek Rose. I mean, I, I thought I think so. Uh, let's be honest, guys. We filmed the podcast a, a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, we filmed we it on Friday. We, we didn't like it. I didn't think it was good. Al didn't think it was good. Paul didn't think it was very good. So we decided we're going to film another one. So we talked about some of these topics, but it's more updated now. But uh, going back to then, I, I really was all right on the Derek Rose trade. I didn't really think it was great. But now seeing how Tibbs has used uh, Emmanuel Quickly and Derek Rose together. I'm I'm very pleased. I mean, I couldn't really ask for more. Rose is the perfect veteran for that uh, young core. I I think that uh, I think we found out that Derrick Rose is now the ball handler off the bench. I love Derrick Rose and the way he plays off the bench. He makes everybody on the court better, and I think that's what we need to do when he got guys like Obi and quickly on the court. I think quickly he's a good dribbler and all. I think he's better when he gets the catch and shoot opportunities from Rose because mm-hmm. Rose draws the attention of defenders giving him the open shot and he hit the open shots in the last three games we've seen. Mm-hmm. He, I think he had 16 and like, I think around 16, the last three games he played. So he's getting the shots. He's making them. Uh, I just like to say Trey young is the most annoying NBA basketball player. I think there is to watch in the NBA. <laughs> it's I like, hate that guy. Like, I, like, hate him. I, I can understand wanting a foul call. And I think quickly does it a little bit, you know, he'll sell something once he's fouled every single he play. Is, Trey young is, is looking for the foul. I mean, He's not even trying to make the shot. He goes up for a layup. He's doing calisthenics like he's an Olympic sprinter. I, it's like, I just want him to go make the layup because he could score at will if he wanted to. Kid Lee P sitting annoying. down, bro. Kid Lee P sitting down. I don't know about that. Uh, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think that's a little disgusting. But moving on to uh, the New York Nets, or the Brooklyn Nets, I apologize. Uh, Kevin Durant out again. I think what, what was it? Something with his leg. We don't really care. He's out again. So uh, well, will we keep seeing you know, scary time be derailed by injuries? I think, uh, uh, well, Durant had to be out with his COVID all right. thing. Well, all right, hey. Alec, go ahead. No, all right. Go ahead. Al. Go. Fine, Al. All right. All right. Screw some NBA. I want to talk some MLB. Is Bauer the number one on the Dodgers? Jeez. All right. Well, right into it. I would say absolutely no. not now. Not now. Screw Bauer. He's not the number one. All right. Well, Screw Bauer for multiple biased. reasons. I'm a little overly biased in this topic because, uh, you know, a couple of the uh, 
you know, fake merch deals with the Mets LFGM on his website, and he's not a Met. So you know what? I don't like the guy. I saw Giraffe Deck Mark's video talking to Trevor Bauer, and, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer explained the situation. Still doesn't give him any justice. I still don't like him. Still think he's a tool. I mean, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. But listen, is he the number one starter? If he throws eight consecutive starts and he's the guy and Clayton Kershaw's okay and Walker Buehler's okay, and obviously Bauer's number one starter. Bauer's not getting the ball on opening day, I'll tell you that. They're not going to let Clayton Kershaw, who's pitched on opening day for four million straight years, not going <laughs> to give Trevor Bauer the ball just because he's making $40 million. Clayton Kershaw is still the yeah. fra- face of that franchise. I, I agree uh, but, 100%. Uh, listen, you mean five, six starts into the season? If you see Trevor Bauer dominate like he did last year, I guess you can make it an argument that he could be the number one starter. I just like I to talk a little Mets right before now. we before we go. I like yeah, talk go a little ahead. Mets here. Go ahead. Can we talk about how they fell out on almost everybody except James McCann? We can't even talk that Lindor Carrasco was a free agent signing because, to be honest, did they really want to come here? We don't know. Probably not. They were fine in Cleveland. They kind of liked it. So what are you talking about? They're I, happy to be here. I'm sure they are. They'll they say both that in bo- press conferences, but they are both they really post happy? about it on their Instagram. If they weren't happy, they'd be like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but taking stuff out play, their they bio. Even, they haven't even suited up yet. They haven't played a I game. I don't care. I don't care if they if they didn't like it, they would have taken it out of their bio. They wouldn't have posted anything. They obviously want to come here and win. Paul, is it time for our special guests? You know what? Bring them in. All right. Special guest on the podcast. Welcome, Hunter Del Gershio. He is a buddy of ours. He is a big Yankees fan. So we're going to talk about one Yankees topic that he has argued and argued and argued for months, and we can't stand it. So I think it's time that we bring it live to the pod. Hunter, Jacob Brom or Cole? Personally, I got to go with Garrett Cole here. And let me tell you why. Look. You look at the top two pitchers, obviously they're both coming from New York. They're both power guys, both got a triple-digit fastball. But you look at Garrett Cole, and he's a guy that brings that energy, brings that fire. Jacob deGrom is just – he's just mechanical on the mound. He's like a robot. He goes in, pitch, gives you seven solid, and then he's gone. Garrett Cole, he's a guy that's out there. He's yelling. He's yelling at the dugout. He's, he's got that fire that really just lights up everybody on that team. Came from you know, De- DeGrom doesn't need to have fire when he throws 102 consistently. Yeah, I think that brings enough fire there, Bear. I would say <laughs> I would say, I would say a combined 2.4 or whatever it is, career array brings enough fire. And I think that uh, – I think a silent leader is almost at times better than a vocal leader, I guess, if you're saying Gary. We, we, we've seen vocal leaders gone to uh, not great things. I don't really know who else I could bring up. I don't know many leaders, but I know vocal <laughs> leaders don't always do the right thing. Yeah, Jamal not Adams. Very smart. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams no. is very vocal. But yeah, uh, I think Garrett go. Cole pumping his fist and uh, batting his chest after he goes seven innings and gives up four runs is not the same as Jacob DeGrom strutting oh, off the mound after two after a two-hit shutout performance at City Field. DeGrom so. DeGrom doesn't even need to hit his chest. Yeah. He just no like he goes out there just, he just knowing hits the that glove. he's going to He deal. just hits the glove all day. He, he goes out there all knowing day. what he's going to do. Day. I mean, it's just simple as that. Hunter, if you want, uh we're going to talk some NFL real soon. Paul will bring us into that, but uh I think if you want, you can stand for some Jets talk. Uh, just to preview, we're going to talk a little Jets offseason, Giants offseason, and then we'll move into everybody's favorite Al wants answer. So Paul, take it away. Yes, sir. All right. NFL. So Super Bowl. I know it's uh, been a week and a half since the Super Bowl <laughs> from when we're filming and when this episode is going to come out. But uh, Tom Brady, man, uh, Tom Brady played unbelievably in the Super Bowl. And 
they dominated. The Chiefs stood no chance. Their offensive line was terrible. The defense sucked. The wide receivers were the worst I've ever seen in my life. And that's why the Chiefs lost. It's simple as that. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also came out with a great game plan to stop the Chiefs offense. I think Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles didn't get enough credit for what they did. They stopped the Chiefs offense, who is basically unstoppable the entire regular season, and held them to nine points. They did not score a touchdown. So uh, props to them. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I think uh, talking about the uh, props that they didn't get, there was a reporter. I I don't know where he was from. I was listening to Carton and Roberts uh, a couple days ago. And a reporter asked the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers a defensive question because he thought he was Todd Bowles. So it just goes to show they don't – it's just like they don't really get credit for what they're doing. Todd Bowles as a Jets coach was horrible. I mean, we had one good Todd Bowles is not a head coach. Todd Bowles is a great defensive-minded – he is a great defensive mind. He's a guy who's going to get stops defensively. Unbelievable defense he created. He created a great culture in Tampa Bay for the defense. They had edge-rushing presence up the wazoo in that game and their linebacking, their linebacker play was great. Their secondary was phenomenal. The entire game. How, what else could you ask for? They had dropped two safeties back, which nobody really saw against the chiefs. And it worked 82% of their plays were two safety plays, and it worked the entire game. The chiefs were not able to move the ball down the field. Well, I mean, I, I would talk more on the super bowl, but we're so like delayed. I feel like there's been a million different takes. So there's really not anything we're going to say that's going to, you know, be groundbreaking but uh, i think we can definitely go into a little jets offseason and i think me and hunter will take it away paul you are a giants fan al you're a giants fan so so let me and hunter take this away. i know my fair share of jets All right. football. yeah you did one madden yeah. franchise let's calm down i know my uh, fair share of but jets uh football. hunter i'm just gonna ask you this one what would you do if you were the gm of the jets and you had the number two pick personally i love panay suel You look at him, you just see a big guy who just moves people. He's big, he's athletic, he's got long arms, he's got great feet, he's fast. Maybe not the most sound tackle in the class. You got Rashawn Slater, probably the most NFL-ready tackle in the class. You look at Sewell, put him and Makai Becton on both sides of the tackle. You got the best young tackle tandem in the NFL. See, I would agree, Hunter, but I just think that there's too many needs for this team. Than, than getting a tackle. And I think if you do draft Penny Sewell, you're going to have to move a guy like George Fant over. who was pretty good with the Jets last year. I think if you're not, if you're not going to go out and get Deshaun Watson, I think we talked about that last time, you got to take either a quarterback or you can dra- trade back and draft a wide receiver late. I don't think that the Jets can afford to draft a quarterback. Even though I said that I don't want to draft a quarterback. I think if you're not going to get Darnold, you, or if you're not going to get Watson, you keep Sam Darnold. But uh, a wide receiver is a key need. We're going to need to sign one. Uh, Allen Robinson, I think they were looking at Juju, uh, Corvette, Dan Schuster. Uh, I, I Penny Galladay is uh, expected to franchise. I, back, so I don't want Penny Galladay anyway. That dude is injured. Not saying that you wanted week. him. Just saying he, he's I think, probably going to be off the board. I think so. my grandma has played more games in the NFL than he has in the last two years. Uh, yeah, but, well, that probably, that's probably right. <laughs> Will Fuller, the Jets are looking at. If the Jets get Will Fuller, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a Jets fan. I think it's an awful idea. Uh, what is Will Fuller really given to the Texans other than a couple good catches? Like, I really uh, – Drug abuse. A lot of Will Fuller. Okay, well, that's – come. Okay, jeez. Okay. Well, uh, uh, that's not going to go on TikTok, but uh, I, think, I, I think the Jets could also use some defensive help. Uh, Hunter, what do you think about maybe them getting uh, – re-signing Marcus May and also maybe getting some corner help after they said they might not sign Brian Pullback to an extension? Personally, I love Marcus May. He just goes out and balls out. 
on a really just lackluster Jets defense that we've seen, he's one of the few guys that really just stands out to me. And, of course, I'd love to go get some corner help. Yeah. Thanks, Hunter. All right. Uh, well, I think we're going to move into some Giants here. Uh, you know, Paul, oh, yeah. This is my, this my hot topic. I'm not, a, I'm not too great in the Giants. Uh, I really am a Giants hater, to be anything. I haven't really liked the Giants since Victor Cruz did the cha-cha chance in the end zone against the Jets in 2011. 99-yard so touchdown. Fan. Yeah, whatever. I was there. I thought the Jets were going to win that game, and Eli Manning uh, out, of, out of – Cool. Eli Manning's a god. Away. Yeah, whatever. All right, Paul, take it away. So, um, Giants, man, uh, they're not a good team. Sim- simple as that. They're not good. Uh, I think Daniel awful. Jones is – I think Daniel Jones is not the future at quarterback – you have to see the adjustments he makes this season. I really don't know what the adjustments are going to be that he makes this season because he's just not a good quarterback. But I think our defense is actually very good this year. We had uh, Leonard Williams, who became a good pass rusher, who was not a pass rusher before he was on the Giants, and now he knows how to rush the quarterback, which is something we just didn't see before in his career. Dexter Lawrence has gotten better. And... I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson's going to be a great run presence for a long time. So, I mean, I like our defensive line. I think we need another linebacker, maybe off the ball, maybe a Mike. I think that we got to get a coverage linebacker alongside Blake Martinez. And I think our secondary's all right. We're solid. The defense really doesn't need much work. Edge rusher, please, please, please. I think that, I, I, you know, obviously, like I said, I don't watch a ton of Giants but I think that they have a young court kind of reminds me of a Knicks team a little bit where, you know, they're six and 10. Were they great? No, you got a good coach though. And I think that's something that helps. Uh, hopefully I love Joe judge. Guy, yeah. Love Joe judge. Yeah. I, think I, judge- I would like, I would take him as a Jets coach, maybe like a linebackers coach or something. Cause you know, Robert Salas, best coach ever, but um. Robert Salas, uh, you know, I think he's gonna be a very good coach for the Jets. Just bring up the Jets again. I, uh, I agree with Hunter's point about the tackle, but I think, they're going to draft offensive line either early second round interior or, or uh, late first round with their Seahawks pick. I don't think they draft the offensive line too high. I think if you are going to take somebody with that pick, it's got to be Wilson Fields or Chase. I don't really think it could be anybody else if you don't trade that pick away. So I, I do follow the Jets a decent amount just to see what they're going to do with this pick because you know it's rather interesting to see uh, whether they're going to move this pick or not. And I think Jamar Chase would be an awesome option for them. But I also think they can get receivers down the board like Kadarius Toney, Rashad Bateman, Terrence Marshall. The list goes on and on because this is a great receiver class. But you know what? I don't like talking about the Jets. They stink. I'm going back to the Giants. Uh, I think the Giants need to draft Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's an elite receiver. If you watch Bengal, Bengal speaks very highly of him. Thinks he's the best receiver in the class as – I don't think that, but, you know, I think he's definitely top two. I don't think Devontae Smith is better than him, but he's an elite separator. He's elite after the catch. He's got elite speed, obviously. We've seen him run. I think he's ran like a 4-3 at a college uh, workout. So, I mean, I I love Jalen Waddle. I also think that Kyle Pitts wouldn't be a terrible pick. Micah Parsons I would like, even though, you know, he likes dudes and he likes, you know, Paul, Paul, I don't know. I think we're going to stop here. Al, is there anything you want to say? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You know, this is family friendly and you're talking about, you know. No, no, no. You you didn't see the report? I don't really care about the report. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. 
Yes, it is. Oh. The Giants. All right, all right, all right. Guys, all right, guys, all Al wants right now is Al wants answers. That's right, what he thank wants you, right now. I'll tell you what, boys. God, don't want um, to the Giants. <laughs> all right, the first question I got is, how does no DH affect NL teams and in the and in playoffs? I'll take this one, but Hunter, I'm just letting you know, if you want to butt in, you can, whatever you want to do. But uh, DH-wise for the Mets, it blows. Oh, my God. It is awful. You got a guy like Dom Smith who needs to be at the DH position because, one, well, one, you want to put him at first and you put uh, Alonzo at DH, sorry, but you can't put him in left field for 162 baseball games. And He's a liability at best in left field. And, and it's not – Dom Smith is a ridiculous hitter. He's a guy you need in the lineup, but it's almost impossible to get him 162 back there. So I think that having no DH affects that, but it also affects the pitching and, and the way that the guys hit. I don't want Jacob DeGrom hitting at all. I don't want any of my pitchers hitting. It's an injury waiting to happen. You've seen it with the Mets year in and year out. A guy, uh, you know, hits the ball and he's running to first base and he trips and he tears his calf. Like it's just, it's unnecessary. And I think that if, if they, if they somehow come to an agreement that could change, I think that they, they, they can change the agreement before the season starts. It would be, uh, it would be vital to the Mets success. Yeah, John, I agree. I mean, CC Sabathia said it best when he, um, when he came over to the AL, I mean, he said he said one of his pitching coaches that um, in the NL, the seven, eight, nine hitters are outs. In the AL, it's they are tough outs. I mean, I mm-hmm. would say, I'm not saying that they're automatic all the time, but I'm saying that they oh, they're pretty NL automatic. Need, yeah. The NL needs DHs just for if even if the game wants to grow, like the commissioner has said, like they want more balls in play. How do you want? Why do you want to pitch? Rob Manfred threw the game spot. in the toilet. The last year, the last thing that uh, any, you know, eight-year-old Timmy wants to see is Ruben Tejada stepping up to the plate in the ninth inning, trying to put a ball in the outfield. It's, Ruben Tejada isn't on a roster, Johnny. I know, but I, up. you know, he's Ruben not Tejada, on a roster. You know, you gotta you gotta talk about him. His legs, he's still healing from that Chase Utley hit. So you know, we gotta yeah, screw shoes. Chase Utley. Yeah, that one we can get we can get behind. Not your you Michael know, Parsons. I, take, I, I, I have a. I think that Rob Manfred is slowly but surely killing baseball for fans. I think some of the rules he's implicated have just sucked. We saw the, you know, the addition to the play, like eight playoff teams. I think it was last year. I loved it. It gave more teams chances. You saw teams like the Marlins. I see you saw teams like the Marlins as much as I hate the Marlins. You saw them go, you know, they beat the Cubs in the first round of the playoffs. And I mean, there's teams like, I can, well, I couldn't really think of a team right now, but you know, like the Mets, the Mets, you know, they might not even make the playoffs this year now that they shorten the playoffs. I, I disagree with you, Paul, here, because listen, if it's eight teams, right? You know what the Marlins did? They said, okay, only eight teams. We just need to be okay. That means that free agents don't get signed. That means that the free agency process drags out longer. That means that the free agent process drags out longer, which generates less revenue because people aren't talking about baseball. If you have six, if you have whatever it is, I think it's six, right? It, it, it makes it so teams five, whatever. You need teams to compete. So if there's five spots for 15 teams in each division, there's going to be teams that need to sign guys to get better. I think you were too. You have to sign guys to get better anyway. Yeah, but you're not. You're you, you're signing average guys. The big fish. If it was eight teams, if the, if the big fish are not getting signed, Trevor Bauer is not in a roster. If there's eight teams right now trying to make the playoffs, I'll be honest. Where it looks like you've got to take. You were saying like the big guys won't go to like these small market teams, but like if I'm Trevor Bauer, I'm not saying, oh boy, I can't wait to go to the Oakland A's. Like, <laughs> I don't see how that argument would fit the smaller playoffs. 
I mean, all right, I, next I, question I, from I think. Oh, 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 all right, Al, all right. Oh, Paul, 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 finish your statement. Finish your statement. Well, I, I, I think that John's take is absolutely blasphemy. I, I just, I want to say that um, there's no way that I could see like a team like the Marlins just being satisfied with their roster in a season where there's eight teams in the playoffs because they don't have a talented roster. And you're telling me they're not going to go out and sign for agents. Exact point. They know Why they don't they have not? to be talented. They don't. They know that they don't have to be talented. They have, have to be, be okay. Team to make the they have to be okay. Once you make the playoffs, nothing matters. So as long as they're okay, they make. There's the 162 playoffs. games in the season. To... There's no, 162 saying, games I'm in the season. Even last the year. Mets have been good, and they didn't make the playoffs with five teams in the playoffs. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why. That's what helps. That's why one of five teams. The Mets were good last year, exactly. and they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> the Mets were not good last right, year. They weren't a good team. They didn't play well. They had a good roster. That's a, your point was that All they right. wouldn't go sign people if they had 18. So did the Atlanta Hawks, and they got knocked out in the first round in 2015. Having a good roster means Jack. The Atlanta whatever. Hawks made the playoffs in the last 10 years. Uh, remember that 2015 team? They had like the highest record in the East. They beat out the Cavs, and then they got knocked out. Oh, Joe Johnson's finals. time. Joe Johnson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Jeff yeah. Teague, all them. No one talks about them. So, I mean, might as yeah. well put them well, in there. The Al, you have a, I'm pretty sure you want more answers. We've talked a lot on one topic here. What do you want to Yeah. Have? All right. So, I want to ask you guys are Brady and Gronk like one of the best uh, tight end quarterback duos ever? I mean, I'd have to say so. How many are there? There's a Mahomes and Kelsey. Uh, maybe if you go back, like, uh, yeah, what's I mean, his name? Uh, Kellen Winslow. What was his father's name? Who did he play? Not Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow was Kellen a Winslow. jet. No, Kellen Winslow was a, oh, t- a top tight end. Shannon yeah. Sharp. Wait, wait. Was Shannon Sharp with John Elway? Yes, yeah. Shannon Sharp and Elway. So they're counts. they're probably they're probably up there. Yeah, for sure. I I think tight end wise, they got to be top two. I, I mean, I mean, you can make a. Uh, who was that Jets tight end? It was Mark Sanchez, and you had who bear? All right, shut up. It's Mark Sanchez. <laughs> it's Mark Sanchez. I mean, Listen, he had two great years. Probably up there. Oh, Tony was. Gonzalez and Matt Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, Tony you know, Gonzalez was also on the Chiefs, but I don't remember who's. Can we talk about Mark Sanchez for one second? Because, uh, no. you know, the, the butt fumble, right? The butt fumble, right? Awful. I was watching it. I was in Mexico uh, watching it on Thanksgiving Day, and Mark Sanchez takes a snap, and he runs right into the behind of Brandon Moore. But that play does not define Mark Sanchez's career, and I think it's so sad. Because this dude, no, no, this dude beat Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, and yeah, and guess what he did with it? We're not going to count. Guess what he did with it? Nothing. He didn't make it to the. He got us to the AFC Championship, baby. And you lost. And we were, and we were, we were one first down away. If Antonio Brown didn't catch that ball and extend his arms for the first down, we're going to New York Jets against the Green Bay Packers. All right. So listen, Mark Sanchez deserves a lot of credit. And uh, I'd say after you listen to this, go listen to his podcast, which is uh, Fourth and Forever, where he talks to random people like Ladanian Tomlinson. But it's an okay podcast. Mark Maybe. Sanchez has a podcast? Yeah, it's uh, for. Yeah, let's not promote Mark Sanchez's podcast. No, it's Mark Sanchez. You got to promote his podcast. Anyways, he's Al, a bum. Al, 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 Al. Come on, guys. Al wants answers here. Come on. He's got one more, at least. At least one more. All right. All right. Al wants answers. This is Al's last question here. Right. Can you name me some uh, surprising NBA teams this early on in the season? Uh, Bear, since you don't watch the NBA at all, I want you to take this. <laughs> you know, man, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They okay, look- yep, yep. Oh, like, shut up. Your mic. All right. We're going to get into I'll it seriously. It. Yeah, I'll, take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, my God. Um, 
So, not going to say the Knicks, obviously. Obviously, I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm not going to say the Knicks, even though they've, they've been pretty well as of late. The Utah Jazz, man, they've been something else. 23-5 and five currently. They haven't lost since they played the Knicks like a month ago. And, you know, a team like them, I did not expect to have 23 wins through 28 games. I think, I don't, Quinn Snyder, I think their coach's name is. He's done an unbelievable job there. And I think that, you know, that's awesome. Like they're playing great. All good for them. Even I'm gonna make. Gonna make it past I'm gonna make another Atlanta Hawks reference here. I'm gonna make another Atlanta Hawks reference. This is the exact same team, guys. It, we're, if we're looking at it, can you make the comparison that Jeff Teague is like Conventional? Probably not. But I'm gonna go there anyway. This is the exact same scenario we're seeing. A team like the Lakers with LeBron, the two seed. They're a much better club right now. They're injured a little bit. Anthony Davis is out. I obviously believe in the Utah Jazz. They'll be very good, I think. Uh, but I think you're looking at them being a one seed and they get knocked out uh, and they get blown out in the final series against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Another surprising team, at least to me, has been the Phoenix Suns. They had a great bubble run. Uh, I think that Devin Booker played like God in that bubble. Uh, he came out of that bubble with the exact same mentality. Uh, I'm, I'm still stunned. And I think the addition of Chris Paul has probably helped that a ton. Uh, it seems that every team Chris Paul goes to, uh, they become a winner. You saw it with the Thunder. Uh, if he doesn't get hurt in that Rocket series, they're probably beating the Warriors and going to the finals. So I think I think there's probably a correlation there. Uh, but I have to say, Paul, it looks like you have to say something. I I don't know how you could be comparing the Jazz to the Atlanta Hawks. They're, the Atlanta Hawks just haven't been a good franchise since of the 20, 80s. That one team. That one team, I'm saying. The Jazz obviously can't go anywhere in the playoffs. Look at who they have to deal with. It's not – that's not on – like, that's not throwing shade at them for being a bad – like, they weren't – they're not a bad – they're not a great team. team. They're a great team. They have a great center. They have a great guard who could play basically the one and the two. They have the – is Bogdanovich on the, still on the team? I think Bogdanovich still on their team. He's playing pretty I, well. I don't think so. I think he's – no, no, there is actually, a Bogdanovich yeah, he is. on the team. Yeah. yeah. And then – uh, Mike Conley's still, you know, Mike Conley's been good in the past. Not that you dude know, he's, existed. He's played in the playoffs before. He's got some experience, but you know what? I think the Lakers are pretty much unbeatable until I mean, they hopefully play the Nets in the finals. And we get Jeremy Lin has playoff experience. Ever. Should they call him up? Should they call up Jeremy Lin, the Warriors? He's on the Warriors. They put up like thirty-five in the G League. So if I'm if I'm the Utah Jazz, so did probably, Miles Powell. I'm probably thinking Lin Sanity times two, and we bring him back to Utah where he flourishes, guys. I'm just kidding, by the way. That's a joke. Uh, I think uh, I think we've covered all bases today on the Rush Hour Pod. Uh, special thanks to uh, Hunter Del Gershio for coming on. This was uh, about late notice. We called him two minutes before we filmed. Uh, we thought it would be good to get him on. Uh, thank you to uh, everybody who's been listening. Paul is not better than DeGrom. Know, it's stupid know, take. But thank you to everyone stupid. who's been listening to the pod. Uh, I got a lot of positive replies. A lot of my friends, a lot of, uh, a lot of just you guys listening promoted it. I was very grateful for that. Uh, I'm going to plug our Twitter, our Instagram, TikTok real quick. Our Twitter is pod underscore rush. We'll promote there. We'll talk a little sports. Instagram, rush hour sports pod. Same thing there. And our TikTok, which we're excited about, uh, rush hour pod. We're going to post some of the highlights in the podcast there. So if you have ADHD like I do and you don't want to listen to this, you can go right on there and we'll put our, probably our best clips there. I'll put them together. Uh, special thanks to Al for doing that. And uh, I think that'll wrap it up for today, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. See you, boys. Adios. All right.